first down, they hand off to Marlon Mack. Huge hole, 50-yard line. He's at the 40, still going near sideline. He's at the 10, he's at the 5, and he will score. Touchdown, Marlon Mack. Touchdown, I-N-D-Y. And again, it's picked off. It's Darius Leonard. Leonard with a second INT. And he's streaking down the near sideline. He's at the 40. He's at the 30. He's at the 20. He's going to go. A pick six for the Maniac. Horseshoe is back, baby. The horseshoe is back. What's going on, Colts Nation? Welcome back to the Bring the Juice Colts podcast. Continuing with our in-season breakdown of the 2020 season for the Indianapolis Colts, the position groups. This time we are discussing the offensive line. So Cody has the stats for you on some of the things that the offensive line has been able to do this year. Uh, This offensive line unit was definitely highly criticized by everyone at the start of the year. You know, the offensive line didn't do a great job of run blocking. And that was pretty much the main talking point about this offensive line at the beginning of the year. And then we've seen in the second half of the year that the offensive line really started to figure it out. Despite some of the injuries and absences of some of the other guys, this group really did a great job of bouncing back in this 2020 season and returning back to form of what we know this offensive line can be. Uh, Cody, why don't you go ahead and start with some of the stats on these guys? Sure. We'll start with the the pass protection. So the Indianapolis Colts still were stellar in pass protection. They were second in the league only to the Pittsburgh Steelers in terms of sacks allowed. So obviously, you know, they're still continuing that with missing Anthony Costanzo for multiple weeks there. Obviously missing him, you know, through the season and then at the end of the season when he had to get that season-ending surgery. Uh, I really liked what I saw from the offensive line. I thought they did a really good job, especially considering the type of quarterback he had back there. Phillip Rivers was a statue. I mean, we all know this. We all talked about this all offseason, how that was something that we were questioning. Like, how good is this offensive line going to be without an Andrew Luck, for example? And I thought they answered the call really well. I thought they did a really phenomenal job protecting Phillip Rivers. We do know he does like to get the ball out really quickly, so that certainly helps. But, you know, what can you say, man? This offensive line continues to be dominant in pass protection. Uh, you got to love what you saw from this unit, especially considering some different guys, like you said, were in and out of the lineup throughout the course of the year. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, when we talk about some of the uh, key performances this year, um, we can, would you rather just talk like what we thought the personal opinions of each player was that we want to talk about, at least from the starting five, or do you want to just kind of do it as a whole? Yeah, I mean, we can talk about the starting five, talk about some key reserve guys who maybe saw a little bit of time and and then kind of, yeah, just discuss it from there. Yeah, we can just go go about it that way. Okay. Well, I mean, we won't really talk too much about Anthony Costanzo. We know that he is no longer with the team after retiring this last week, and we know what he's meant for this team. So we'll kind of avoid talking about him for now. But we can talk first about Big Q, Mr. Quentin Nelson himself. You know, Quentin Nelson this season, you know, just like the rest of the offensive line, was struggling at the beginning of this year. You know, there are multiple run blocks that we're used to seeing him make that he just did not make this year to start the year. But, you know, once again, and he also had to deal with a back injury this year, you know, that was a, that was the talk of like, how much was that of really affecting him? You know, Mm -hmm. a lot of people were saying, you know, it's probably affecting him quite a bit if he's, you know, blocking the way that he is. But he said that it really wasn't that much of a, uh, 
a problem for him. While I don't know if I necessarily agree with that or not, Quentin Nelson's a tough guy. He's not going to uh, give off anything that he doesn't want to. And, you know, as tough as nails as that guy is, that doesn't surprise me that he played through it. And, you know, when this, when the team, it was once Quentin Nelson decided to start pancaking people again, that's when this offensive line decided to start saying, let's all go. The Quentin Nelson train continues. I think, uh, what was it, towards the end of the regular season, Cody, that they started bringing up a, uh, a stat that in Quentin Nelson's first three seasons now has only given up, what, three sacks? In, in three seasons, which is is truly incredible. Um, I don't even think he gave up a sack last year. So, you know, it's quite incredible what he's done. And even this year, finished top five, top three still in run blocking win percentage. So it, despite the early season struggles, was pretty much dominating everyone on the defensive line uh, towards the end of the year, no doubt. I mean, what was your thoughts this year on Quentin Nelson, Cody? I think everyone said, you know, he kind of took a step back a little bit, but we still saw some glimpses there of the player that we all know and love. Yeah, and I think that injury was affecting him early on. And then, you know, pretty much from that Tennessee, first Tennessee matchup till pretty much the end of the season, Quentin Nelson got back to form. Um, really liked what I saw from him. He, you know, he probably had his best game of his career in that Tennessee game. I mean, he was just destroying people in that game. I mean, so, you know, a not great season from Quentin Nelson, like less than he's been, is still a really dang good season. So <laughs> I think that just speaks to the player that Quentin Nelson is. I mean, you'd take that any day with any other player. So, you know, for Quentin Nelson to have not his best season, but still do what he did, I mean, come on. Like, this guy is an all-pro every single year for a reason, right? Like, this dude is the anchor of this offensive line. He has transformed this offensive line. He When he goes, man, this offensive line goes – and we saw that. I mean, it really started to happen. When he started to play well, they started to run the ball better. They started to pass the ball better. All that stuff happens when your best player is performing to his peak. Yeah, it's crazy that, you know, a bad season for Quentin Nelson is better than 80% of the rest of the linemen in the NFL. If that tells you just how good he is, I mean, I don't know what else to tell you. All right, so let's move on to the center, Ryan Kelly, who just got an extension this offseason, made him the highest paid center in the league for at least right now. Ryan Kelly, along with Quentin Nelson, you know, a lot of really just poor run blocking in a sense for Ryan Kelly at the beginning of this year. I can recall multiple times, you know, in that uh, Jacksonville game in the first week and against the Detroit Lions, even though the Colts won that game. You know, some of the run blocking by Ryan Kelly, I just wondered, like, is he okay? Like, what what's going on with him? And then, like you said, once Quentin started getting going, he started getting going. In that, in that same Titans game, Ryan Kelly started looking really good, getting to the second level, making those good blocks, the same kind of guy that we're used to seeing. I mean, those two really are the anchor of this offensive line. They move it, and wherever those two move, they move. And, you know, again, what would you say about Ryan Kelly? I mean, I'd say it's pretty much the same thing as Quentin Nelson's concern. Yeah, and when your two best players aren't having their great, you know, their great season to start, like, you're going to see a little bit of a decline. But, yeah, 
yeah, I really liked what I saw from him after after that, you know, beginning stretch, a little bit of a rough patch there. But, you know, Kelly definitely deserves every penny of that extension he got. I mean, he's the one of the best centers, if not the best center in the league. And so, uh, Ryan, that combination of Kelly and Nelson, man, is probably the best offensive line combination in the league right now, center guard. So I love, man, what Ryan Kelly does. I mean, he's so critical to this team's success um, on the offensive side. I mean, he's he's the leader, man. Um, and he he really like makes everything happen, right? That's the job of the center, man, identifying things. And he's one of the best in the league at that. So love Ryan Kelly. Uh, glad he got an extension. Glad he's going to be with the Colts for seems like a while still. And uh, really excited to see him continue to play at an elite level. All right, let's move to the right guard, Mr. Mark Glowinski. Now, I know I've said it multiple times on this podcast. Everybody knows that I have said multiple times that Cody has had, you know, had his fair share of feelings uh, towards Glowinski from last season. But I think that him and I are both going to be in agreement here that unless you want to count Braden Smith in this category, um, I'll let you decide on that one, Cody. But for me, Mark Lewinsky wins the most improved player on the offensive line this season. I think this year we saw the penalties go down. We saw the run blocking be as good as ever. There were times where Mark Lewinsky was moving people. And I don't mean just pancaking guys. Mark Lewinsky's always been a pretty good run blocker. That's what we've known him for. But my God, he was pancaking guys like there was nobody's business. It's like he just we took a fraction of Quentin Nelson and just put him in Mark Lewinsky this year. It's been awesome to see. And then you know, the the pass blocking too. Pass protection has been a lot better for Glowinski this year. Again, room for improvement, I know. The right side of the offensive line has been known as the weak link. But Mark Glowinski this season, you know, we weren't calling his name out that much this year. Like what we were in 2019, you know, with all the times that he was getting beat on pass protection and everything else. So, I mean, I was really impressed with Mark Lewinsky, and I think he just showed again why, you know, if he can continue this success, they're going to try to keep him around too, give him a a, de- a pretty decent contract as well. What do you think? I think he definitely deserves it. He just got an extension not too long ago, so good to see him uh, continue to do that. Yeah, I mean, it's crazy to think that I even threw out the idea last year about do you go try to find a guard in the draft? You know, do you try to replace Golinski? Uh, he definitely proved me wrong, and I'll admit that I was wrong on Mark Glowinski, and um, I'm perfectly happy to be wrong on Mark Glowinski because, I mean, now you don't have to worry about right guard for a number of years, and and that's definitely awesome. You know, obviously he's not like Quentin Nelson level and never will be Quentin Nelson level, but, man, if your weak link on your offensive line is, I would say he's he improved from just an average starter, probably an above average starter. Uh, man, your offensive line is set for the near future, so – uh, props to Mark Glowinski and all that he did. Uh, I thought he, like you said, really improved in pass protection. We already know how good of a run blocker he is. So uh, he's a really quality guard, and I'm happy to have him there at the right side. Yeah, I mean, if he wasn't going to be our right guard, I wouldn't have mind getting Wyatt Davis this offseason. Uh, <laughs> everybody knows I love me some Wyatt Davis, the right guard from Ohio State. Uh, best Best guard in the whole draft, in my opinion. Not the best offensive lineman in totality, but the top three offensive linemen, no question for me. But um, all right, so there's that one. And then we can talk about the last starter on this offensive line. And for me, this is the guy that was so underappreciated this year. People 
do not understand what Braden Smith just did this year. Some people still don't know. And for all of you that don't know, I'm about to mention it right now to you and keep this thought in your head. Braden Smith, our right tackle. I remember two this last season, uh, going into last season, or not this last season, this 2020 season, going into 2019 season and in 2018, I was still having to tell people Braden Smith was not a bust. I was still having to tell people that. And even going into this year, some people were still saying, can we improve at right tackle? Well, Cody, I'm sure you know by now, I'm sure you probably have seen the numbers. Zero sacks given yep. up by Braden Smith in 15 games this year. Yep. And he is the only tackle in all of the NFL in 2020 to not allow a single sack in a minimum of set amount of games. <laughs> Think about that for a second, wow. folks. Braden Smith just went, just based on this season, just went into the top five right tackles argument. There's no denying it. None. But the media does not talk about him. We all talk about Quentin Nelson. We all talk about Ryan Kelly. We've talked about Anthony Costanzo before. Excuse me. But we're not talking about Braden Smith. The people that are actually watching the numbers. And there were times when we said, oh, well, Braden Smith has to go up against the best guys on defense, right? Because he was the weakest link on that right side. Right, Cody? But now, that's not the case anymore. Our right tackle is actually our best tackle now going forward. And he was all season. Can you yep. imagine not giving up a single sack all year long, Cody, and people still questioning your ability to be a right tackle? Like, are you <laughs> kidding me? Yeah. It's interesting there's still people who ask about Braden Smith, the guard. Like, there's still those people out there, which is just crazy to me because Braden Smith, like you said, easily top five tackle based off of his performance in 2020. Man, it's interesting to notice the shift from even last year, um, especially 2018, the difference. Like, the left side, remember we said the left side is so good, right? The right side's a weak link. But now I could say the opposite. Like, obviously, Quentin Nelson is, we know what he is. But now you have a question at left tackle. Could it potentially be uh, a rookie? You know, and, and so we can now say we're not worried about the right side, left side, especially left tackle, a little bit like concerned about that. It's kind of interesting how that shifted and all the credit goes to Braden Smith for the improvements he made this offseason. Uh, definitely really propelled himself, honestly, farther than I thought he'd ever get. Um, and that's a credit to him, man. He's worked his butt off and he's gotten to this place now where he's one of the best offensive tackles in football. We already knew he was really good at run blocking and just to be that good in pass protection too. No doubt. Braden Smith is one of the best right tackles in football. And we even saw it when Smith had to miss a game, man, the Colts offensive line struggled mightily. Braden Smith is very indispensable at right tackle and uh, he deserves to get more recognition than he does. Isn't it crazy now, Cody, that in 2018, Ballard drafted two guys that at the age of 25 are probably the best at their position right now. Yeah, Isn't wow. that crazy? In the same draft, <laughs> uh, offensive line, he drafted two offensive linemen, and by the age of 25, 26, they are both probably one of the, if not the best, 
very close to the best at their position. I mean, that is incredible. Again, it just is showing you again how good that 2018 draft actually was, man. I mean, mm -hmm. think about that for a second. That is crazy. The first three picks of that 2018 draft for, for Chris Ballard, Quentin Nelson, who's the best off one of the best offensive linemen, if not the best offensive lineman in football, Darius Leonard, who in my opinion is the best linebacker in football, and then Braden Smith, who's about to be a top five right tackle at the end of this year. I mean, that's just insane, dude. <laughs> it is insane. It is crazy to think about that draft. Like, I don't even know how he swung that, but man, Chris Ballard is the dude, and, and he's the guy that I trust to draft our future potential left tackle. So that's why, like, you know, when you said draft a left tackle, I said, yeah, I mean, Chris Ballard's had a great track history of drafting offensive linemen. I mean, he drafted two, in my opinion, two should have been all pros this year. Like, that's yeah. just how good this guy is. So, yeah, I I'm excited to see what Chris Ballard does. But based off of this year, man, there was a lot of really good play from this offensive line from those five starters. All right, let's talk real quick about some of these backup roles that we had. You know, mm -hmm. we had guys like Danny Penter, who obviously Ballard drafted in the fifth round of 2020 to try to gain some extra depth on that offensive line. You know, Penter came in for a couple games this year, a couple snaps, had to be put in different positions. Uh, what was it? Left Was it left guard that he was in? Or no, it was uh, center when yeah, uh, center. Kelly had to go down. And then, yep. you know, we had Will Holden come in for a couple games there when Costanzo went out, but Holden eventually got hurt. So we unfortunately didn't get to see much of him. And then obviously we know like the downfall of a Chaz Green and a Raven Clark. We're not really going to mention those guys because we've given our opinions and everybody kind of has a lot of the same opinion about Chaz Green and Raven Clark. I don't think we really need to talk about that, but, um, you know, for when we're talking about the guys like Danny Pinter and, you know, Will Holden, were you impressed by how they were able to step into those roles and provide some decent minutes there? Yeah, I was very impressed. I really liked what they brought, um, especially Danny Pinter as a center. We know he's a little bit underweight for a center and a guard. So I liked what I saw from him. He had a few ups and downs in that start, but you know, overall, I thought he played a pretty solid game for his first ever NFL start at a position that's fairly new to him. Remember, remember, mm -hmm. he was a tackle in college. So, yeah, I definitely was impressed by him. And Will Holden for the snaps we saw. Chris Ballard even mentioned it in his presser. He mentioned Will Holden's name as a guy they're very excited about potentially at left tackle. So, yeah, I, I really liked what I saw from both those guys. Joey Hunt's another name that we. He filled in a little bit. He didn't really like have a defined role. He kind of like was in and out of the lineup, but I kind of liked what he brought in a few minutes there at left guard uh, when, when needed there. Like when Nelson shifted over to left tackle, right? When Costanzo went down for a game. Um, I liked what he brought too. So we have a, some decent interior depth guys that are still pretty young. Yeah, absolutely. You're right. And that's another thing that, you know, Ballard's going to have to get more of this off season is offensive line depth. We saw how pivotal that was this season. Uh, mm -hmm. We got very lucky in 2019 with the offensive line missing guys for very few snaps. And this year we had we didn't have as much luck as we would like when it comes to the offensive line health, even though it wasn't too terrible. But we did we did have a lot more issues with that. All mm -hmm. right, 
let's go ahead and give this offensive line unit a grade. Okay. So, okay. I mean, I, I want to, I, yeah, yeah, we need to do it because it needs to, it needs to be said that, you know, when it comes to the whole offensive line that we've seen this year, Cody, what would you give this offensive line with a grade throughout the totality of the year? Okay. This is tough because I'm floating between two grades here. I'm going to go, but I'm going to go A minus. I really am because pass protection without their left tackle for multiple games. I know they struggled to run the ball early on. They they finished 11th. So they obviously really, really hit their stride going forward. Now I'll give it an A minus because it wasn't perfect. You mentioned it. They struggled a lot early on to run the football. They got They were really slow early on. And uh, I think for that reason, and some of the younger guys that you saw kind of get some quality snaps in there, I mean, I think obviously you're going to have to address left tackle this coming season, whether that be free agency or draft. But I think given kind of the unforeseen circumstances sometimes, you know, missing some guys due to you know, obviously being out with sickness or whatever it is, I thought this offensive line performed pretty decently outside of guys like Chaz Green, LaRaven Clark, who were pretty convinced aren't coming back. Like overall, I was impressed by pretty much all these guys. Oh man, this is tough for me because I'm an offensive lineman and I am a, uh, a former offensive lineman. So I like to give credit to my boys up front. You know, that's just me. That's how I roll. But I, I, for all the reasons that you just mentioned there, Cody, it's why I can't give them an A minus. I'm going to give them a B and that's pushing it. That's pushing it. Now I understand that because this unit was, you know, second in the league and get in sacks allowed. I get that. I totally understand that. And we understand that, you know, most of those sacks came from the uh, backup left tackles who we all know were, were absolute garbage this year. I think even Ballard will say that that was certainly not very fun to watch for a lot of games. But again, like you said, the inability to run the ball consistently through the first six, seven weeks of the season. Just, I, I can't ignore that. And I know that, you know, it's because Jonathan Taylor wasn't at full strength yet. He wasn't understanding the game. It didn't flow with him as well. But I just saw some things here, man, that, you know, just looked uncharacteristic. Now I applaud the Indianapolis Colts offensive line for what they did at the midway point and on. If we're going midway point and on, I would say yes, a, an A minus, B plus A minus, because that's just what they were doing throughout that part of the season. But in totality of it all, I have to give them a B. I mean, and I hate to say that because I know what this unit can do, but it just felt so weird to me to see the first six weeks this offensive line just struggle. It was just weird to see this offensive line just struggle the way it did. And like we said in the beginning of this, to know that the right side of the offensive line was dominating versus the left side, what the heck kind of crap is that? What is that? Like, we, that's not something we're used to saying. And no no discredit to Braden Smith or Mark Lewinsky. Those guys were improved beyond their years. I mean, those guys just did phenomenal. It was just weird to see them blow the blow people out of the tank, man. It was just weird. So I, I just got to be realistic here and I, I'm going B because I just wasn't, I wasn't blown away by this offensive line at the beginning of the season. I'm just not going to 
throw that away because halfway through the season, they finally figured it out. I just can't. Well, I wouldn't say they just figured it out. They were dominating. Like they were just like, oh, they were pretty decent. No, they were like the best running team outside of the Tennessee Titans uh, in terms of their running back. So I can't ignore that either. Like, you know what I mean? So I understand Mm -hmm. that, but, but also, man, like I know this offensive line struggled and like for them struggling, is not like, like, like you said with Quentin Nelson, if the offensive line struggling, like it's still better than half the offensive lines in the league. So it wasn't like they were god awful to start the year. Maybe not great at running the ball, but they still protected the quarterback pretty well throughout the season. So I can't ignore that either. So that's why I go A minus. I think I think you and I are just gonna have to agree to disagree on this one, my friend. One of the few times that you and I actually don't agree when it comes to grading a, a group here. And like I said, guys, I'm not I'm not saying that you know I don't have faith in this offensive line group. I know that next season they're still going to be young. They're going to be intact. They're going to do all the things that we're used to seeing them do. It's just, you know, that I guess that beginning part of the season was just traumatic for me. That's why I just didn't like it at all. But well, um, I, I know why it is, Derek. It's, it's just because you're a hater. I mean, that's the only <laughs> obvious reason. Yeah, I'm, I'm a Ryan Kelly hater, even though I look, apparently I look like <laughs> him, apparently. <laughs> yeah, we've been compared to both those guys, Kelly and Nelson. So Yeah, I know. It's weird. I mean, just kidding, I guess. <laughs> I mean, if, if Nelson uh, had a ginger beard, then sure, I guess. But oh you look God. more like Lewinsky than you do Nelson, to be honest. Mm, that, that's I just me. To, I can't grow that kind of beard. Um, I, don't, I don't have that ability to grow that kind of beard. He's not that 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 big of a man. All right, guys. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Relax, relax. It just looks awful. It just looks terrible. <laughs> I just don't like growing my facial hair. I don't know. I don't know how good my beard would get if I ever let it grow out. I just don't like it. So, all right. Thank you guys so much for tuning in here. A uh, little bit of a more of a of a debate here when it came to grading this group, where would you guys rank this amongst uh, what they did in the 2020 season? Let us know what you guys think in the comments. Thank you guys for the support.